the weekly sermon podcast of AZ Vineyard Church. Get an OPAD, grab a Bible, and expect God to touch you. This is dangerous. Okay. So, this morning, um, I have a very heavy subject to, to talk about. And um, this morning, we're going we're gonna to talk about spiritual gifts. And that's a, that's a very heavy subject. And it's, um, it's something that has been not dealt with the best of ways. And I want to make sure that we deal with it the correct way and we show it the correct way. And um, I want to this morning lay some foundations for this before we get to it so that we're all on the, the same page. And I want to um, bring everybody together so that you understand what they are and what they're for and what, uh, uh, what they mean. So we're going to start. Um, well, let's, let's, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning, God. We thank you that your presence is here. We thank you that you're moving, God. And God, I just pray that you have your way with your people, God, and that you, you open yourself up in a new way, in a new light that we've never seen before, God. And God, I pray the prayer of David that you make my tongue the pen of a ready writer, and as I open my mouth, you fill it, God. And God, I just pray that you... You do this morning the things you want to do, God, and you accomplish the things you want to accomplish, and God, I just pray that I get out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to start at the beginning, and I want to lay a foundation. So turn with your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. I'm just kidding. We're not going that far in the beginning. We're going to be here a while. But I want to start back with Jesus. And when Jesus was ending his ministry, in John chapter 14, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than he will do because I go to the Father. Jesus said at the end of his ministry that all of us are going to do bigger things than he did. Well, that begs the question, what did Jesus do? So let's talk about it. Matthew 1, 23, Matthew 8, 28, he casts out demons. Luke 7, 11, he raises the man from a dead. Matthew 12, 10, he heals a withered head, hand. Mark 7, he heals a deaf man. John 4, 46, he heals the sick. There's actually a scripture in the Bible that says we couldn't write down all the things that Jesus accomplished when he was here because it was too many to number. I'm just giving you a, a glimpse, a few snapshots of what Jesus actually did when he was here. In Luke chapter 5, the disciples are, are been fishing and they come in in the morning. They've been fishing all night and they're cleaning their nets. And Jesus walks up to them and says, uh, how's it going? He's like, we haven't caught anything. There's nothing going on. And, and Jesus said, why don't you go back out, go into this area, and put your nets down? And when I read it, I hear the sarcasm in his voice of, uh, all right, whatever you want, Mr. Smarty Pants, I'll go do it. Whatever, we've been doing this all night. We haven't caught a thing. 
And so they go out there and they put the nets down and it said that the weight of the fish was so heavy that the nets began to tear. In John chapter 4, Jesus meets the woman at the well and they're having a conversation and they're going back and forth. And Jesus says to the woman at the well, um, why don't you go and get your husband? And she says, I don't have a husband. And he said, you answered correctly. You're not, the man you're living with is not your husband and you had five husbands before that. Those are some of the things that Jesus did. In Matthew 4, 23, Matthew 9, 35, both those verses say Jesus teaching in the synagogue and healing every disease and every kind of sickness. When Jesus showed up in a room, darkness had a hard time staying there. Those are some of the things that Jesus did. Before we move on to spiritual gifts, there's another foundation I want you to get and I want you to understand before we get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone in Christ sees a new creature, the old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. He made him, God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. God made Jesus no sin to be sin, so that you could be the righteousness of God in Jesus. Your righteousness, your right acts, your right standing have nothing to do with the way you think, the mistakes you've made, your past, anything to do with it. Your righteousness has to do with Jesus. The right standing of the way you look in God's eyes has everything to do with what Jesus did. Nothing of your past, nothing of your thoughts, nothing of the way you think. It's all with, with who Jesus and what he did. Colossians chapter 2 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him, say in him, you have been made complete. And he is head over all rule and authority. In Jesus is the complete deity. In Jesus is the kingdom of God. And you are in him and you are made complete in him. So being in him means you have the deity inside of you. Being in him means you have the fullness of the kingdom of God inside of you. You're right standing in God's eyes and you have the fullness of the kingdom inside of you. Ephesians chapter 2, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us in, with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are in Jesus, you have the fullness of the kingdom of God, and you are seated in heavenly places. Your, your rightful place is in heavenly places. You are, you are right where you need to be, and that is saved, redeemed, and seated in heavenly places. You have the fullness of the kingdom of God inside of you, and you're seated in heavenly places. First John 4, and any old school Sunday school people, whenever you say First John 4, you'll start singing, Beloved, let us love one another. Love is a God, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. So this whole 1 John 4 is the whole book about love. And in the middle of this, 
He says, by this love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. He didn't say as Jesus was when he walked on the earth and he healed people and he brought the kingdom. It doesn't say as Jesus will be when he comes back as a triumphant king. It says just as Jesus is right now, so are you. And Jesus is raised and seated at the right hand of the Father. That is where you are. So when we get into spiritual gifts, I don't want to hear, I don't have these things because you do. Now, we're going to get into spiritual gifts. And the ones that I have picked are from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12. And what I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to give you a bird's eye view of spiritual gifts. I'm just going to give you an overview. This isn't an in-depth into all of it. That's like a six-week course. That's a huge thing. I'm just going to give you an overview and part of me doesn't want to do this. <laughs> but I feel it'd be a disservice if I didn't go through it, give you some verbiage, give you some definitions. But if you, if you don't hear anything else, hear this, I want you to leave with this. These are not important. The church has made this a huge deal. And we've made this into a thing that it wasn't supposed to be. Amen. And we've made this into this labeling thing. Here's what you need to do. And Irene gave a much better teaching than I did, that I'm going to. Because Irene told you, here's how I hear from God, and here's what I do. That's it. She didn't label it. She didn't say it's this. She didn't say it's that. You know why? Because it's not important. What's important is that you hear from God and you walk in it. You open your mouth, and you let God speak through you. And you do it out of love for that person that God has pointed out. That's what's important. Is it word of knowledge? Is it word of this? Is it, who cares? It doesn't matter. What matters is that you hear from God, you step and you walk in it, and you do it out of love because God has that person in mind and he wants you to speak into them and to show them that God loves them and he has a plan for them. That's what's important. Not labeling, not this, or is it that? So I'm going to show you these, just because if you're unfamiliar, just so that when we're talking or things are going, you have verbiage and you understand what people are saying. But please, 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 don't make this chart and don't do like high school English where you take the paragraph and you take this as the subject and this is the verb and the dangling parsable and all that stuff where you dissect it, is it this, is it don't do that. We've made it a much bigger deal than it is. God's just looking for people that will hear him yeah. and do what he asks to do. Okay, these are not all of them. They're even not even on all these. There's more scriptures that have more stuff. You're going to look at this and go, Jim, you're missing this, you're missing this, you're missing this. I know I'm missing them. I'm just giving you an overview of some bigger ones. Um, I think I turned the AC on. I hope I didn't turn the heat on. That's AC? Okay. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, gift of prophecy. We're going to come back to those in a minute. 
gift of faith. Those people are very hard to complain to, the people that have gift of faith. Because <laughs> you start telling them your problems. Well, I think God will come through and he'll do it. And then there's times when you see somebody and they're in a situation and you don't know how they can keep the perspective that they have as they're going through that, that situation. A lot of times that's a gift of faith that God's spurred something inside of them and they have the faith for it that you feel like you would never have. Gift of healing. That comes on when you, God tells you you need to pray for somebody. The youth know all about this and doing treasure hunts. Gift of distinguishing spirits. This is what, yeah, now I feel the AC. This is when someone gets up, somebody speaks, someone has a microphone, someone gives a word, somebody teaches, somebody's leading worship. This is the thing inside of you where you can take that and you can, de you can def um, define, okay, this is from God and this is maybe not. See, you got to understand we're all human. And when God speaks to us, it goes through our brain. And it goes through our past. It goes through our experiences. It goes through our failures. It goes through everything before it comes out of our mouth. And guess what? We're not always going to be 100%. And you need grace for it. But you also need the gift of distinguishing to be able to tell, okay, this is God. And what Irene talked about, what I loved, she talked about a couple weeks ago, is she said, does it line up with Scripture? And does it line up with the character of God? Those are the two important things. Because you can't always 100% line everything up with Scripture because Scripture can be twisted for whichever way you want it to go. That's why you back it up with the character of God. There's a story of the guy that said, God, I'm going to do whatever you want this morning. Whatever you ask of me, I'm going to do. And so he just opens up his Bible to whatever page it lands on, and it's Judas going to the hillside, grabbing a rope, and hanging himself. And he's like, okay, well, maybe that's not it. And so he closes his Bible... God, whatever you ask, I'm going to do. And so he opens it back up, and, it, and he lands on the verse that says, do these things that I have commanded you. Okay, does God want you to go and hang yourself on the side of the mountain? No. That goes against his character. You see what I'm saying? So it, it lines up with that. So, but here's the important thing. This, is, this gift is wrapped in grace. Because somebody gives a word, maybe it's directly to you, and there's some stuff in it that's a little quirky, it's a little off, that's okay, because we're all a little quirky, and we're all a little off, and so things get off. What you do is you take the things that line up with Scripture and the character of God, and you hold on to those, and you just let go of the rest. And you don't get offended at the person, and you don't throw the person away. You just take the other things, and you just set them aside. And you wrap that in grace, and you wrap that in love. That's what's important. Don't throw everything away. Don't throw the word away. Don't throw the person away just because there's maybe some things that don't line up. Gift of tongues, speaking in other tongues. There's two types. There's the corporate in a, um, uh, a setting with other people that has an interpretation to it, and usually someone else or the same person will give the gift of interpretation. Or there's the prayer language where you are um, praying in a language that's not your own, and it's Sometimes your spirit goes faster than your tongue can, and you just can't keep up with words, and so the spirit takes over, or you don't know how to pray. That's what that is. Uh, gift of teaching. Those people are easy to spot because they're always instructing. These two have it, Kyle and Faith, big time. And everywhere, it's funny. They're and become just a teacher. It doesn't take very long. They're moved into leadership. And they're moved into influence.
because the gifting on them is so strong, the two of them, that immediately they're, and this is public schools, this is the world, immediately they say, you have something that we need, and they're immediately pulled up into an area of influence, and they're over people. They have a gift of teaching, gift of hospitality. Yeah. (laughs) It's my wife. Uh, The thing about Marcy is she does all these little details that you may not notice, but what she goes for is she goes for a feeling. She goes for when you walk, she does it in our house, and she also does it for the front door of the church, that when you walk in, there's all these little details that she's put there and all these little things. Not that you have to notice them, but just that she's concerned about how you feel when you walk in the door. A gift of service. Those are the people that usually prefer to be behind the scenes, that prefer to uh, do things and you don't know about it. They don't want the mic. Uh, Ed Brown, he keeps this place running. Uh, Wednesday nights, Ed Brown is on his hands and knees running cords underneath stuff all the time. Mary Ellen is another one that helps keep things this place running. They just do it out of this gift that's inside of them. Uh, The gift of giving uh, when you meet those people, they're pretty incredible. Um, the ones that I have known, they've been wealthy. God is, has uh, endowed wealth on them, and they just have this gift of giving. Um, one of them not passed, along, passed away not too long ago, and uh, Wally. And um, he, he was a wealthy man. He built a house in Roatan, and he ended up impacting so many people for Jesus because he had built this house in Roatan because he was constantly giving to the missionaries and the ministries going on there. They're constant, he was constantly giving money. He couldn't give enough, and he was constantly giving money to these ministries that were going on, and so many people were impacted for Jesus because that man decided to build a house on that island right there because he had the gift of giving. And those people usually have, they're entrepreneur, they have business sense. Giving isn't always money. Um, a lot of people give uh, knowledge or experience. Or uh, When I see this personally, just from my experience, they're usually business people. And they're usually uh, um, successful business people, and they just give their time. They give their um, uh, expertise and stuff. Rod's one of those that comes to mind when I look at this and... I tell Rod my problems because he usually helps me <laughs> work them out, my business problems. Um, okay. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, gift of prophecy. Again, not important. I'm going to throw some overview definitions of it, give you a little of what they are, but they're not important. These three are hearing from God and speaking the words that he gave him. Irene did another great example of it. Sometimes I'm praying and I see a person, I get a picture. Or I get a word. Or something. That's, that's all it is. You know, was that a word of prophecy? Was that, who cares? Who cares? Okay, words of wisdom. Uh, the Greek word is Sophia. It means a skilled expert. It's someone who does something. It's, it's um, an action. When Jesus went to the disciples and they were washing their nets and he said, go to that area and drop the nets over there, that was a word of wisdom. He was telling them to do something. 
there was action involved. Word of knowledge. That is um, the Greek word gnosis. And it basically means seeking to know, to look for answers. Uh, inquiry. When Jesus was at the woman in the well, and he said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. And he said, you answered right. You know, one, one you're with is not your husband, and you had five before. That was a word of knowledge. So there is times when you're praying, and you'll tell them, I think you should do this, or you think you should do that. That's more a word of wisdom. And then there's, I see this, I see a picture. That's more a word of, a word of knowledge. Now, prophecy Prophecy is more of congregational or bigger. It's more of, I feel like God is moving in this direction. We have a word over our house for 2019. It is uh, healing, that we feel like healing is supposed to be breaking out, that we're going towards healing in this house. That's a prophecy. It can happen one-on-one where you tell them, I think God's doing this, I think God's doing that. That's more prophecy. Although prophecy does have a bigger span to it usually, then word of knowledge, word of wisdom is usually one-on-one. Again, none of this matters. So I'm going to give you an example. There's been several times as we've been moving in the, um, in the uh, dreams and stuff that I'll pray for people, and I'll pray. I'll be praying for somebody, and, and I'll, as I'm praying, I give them a word, and I say, you know what? I really think that you have a dream up on the shelf, and it's time to get that dream down off of the shelf and dust it off and get it out, and it's time to take that next step forward, to take that dream, take it the next step forward, and start doing something with it. And when you take that next step forward, God's going to open up doors, and God's going to create instances for you to take that next step after that. When I give that word, my first thing is I tell them, you have a dream up on a shelf. That's a word of knowledge. I tell them to take that dream down off the shelf, dust it off, and take the first step. That's a word of wisdom. And then I say, God is going to move, and he's going to do things, and he's going to open up doors once you take that step. That's prophecy. So if you give a word, someone comes up and says, you said that was a word of knowledge, it was supposed to be a word of wisdom, just punch him in the throat. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's your Instagram post. Jim DeBay taught. He said to punch him in the throat. Don't punch him in the throat. Lovingly accept it and say thank you. And don't be offended and move on. It doesn't matter. Is it a word of wisdom? Is it a word of knowledge? Is it prophecy? It doesn't matter. What God's looking for is people that will hear his voice and speak his words and love somebody. That's what it's for. Ooh, I got lots of time. You guys are in trouble. <laughs> Romans 1. For I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gifts to you, that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us, by each other's faith, both yours and mine. The gifts are for each other and for to encourage each other's faith and to build each other up. That's what it's for. It's for togetherness and to bring it and to call what we call calling out the gold. 1 Peter 4, as each one has received a special gift, employing and serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterance of God. Whoever serves is to do one who is serving the strength. 
which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever, and amen. These things are made for building up one another. And let me tell you something. If this is new to you, if these are things that are foreign to you, my, my strong, strong encouragement is to get yourself in a home group. Home groups are great places to work these things out, to practice them. To pray. I remember our home group, we worked on anointing each other with oil. Because if you've never done it before, how do you know what to do and make a mistake and things like that? It's a great, home groups are a great place to make mistakes. Okay? This building is a great place to make mistakes. Okay? Because we have love and forgiveness for one another, and we're all working this out. Now, I've gone over the gifts. That's the end of my slides. Wow. Okay. Okay, so there's a few things. Now, there are teachings out there that you get one gift, that there's this list of gifts, and you get one. Um, Yes and no. There are, God's a diverse God, and there are many things, we are all different, and we all have personalities, and we all have things inside of us that God gave us that are our personalities. In our personalities, we have a gift that God gave us, and a lot of times, you can see gifts on unsaved people because it's just in them, in their personality. So you have a gift in you. And it's funny when you're in a room with someone who has, this is all new to them, and they don't understand it, and they're like, well, I don't really have gifts. And the people around them that know them go, yes, you do. When you do this, that's that gift. When you do this, because a lot of times we don't see it on ourselves, but we, other people see it on it. Um, So we have, each one of us have a gift that's part of our personality, and that is our strong gift. That is what we have. That is what Marcy doesn't have to work at hospitality. It's just who she is. It oozes out. It's just how she is. But the verbiage of the scriptures, of how it's laid out, you could look at it and twist it a certain way that, because uh, what it talks about is it talks about the Holy Spirit giving out each gift as he sees as he see fits. And it could be strewn a certain way that he's going to give you one and that's it. And I don't, I don't agree with that because you have the fullness of the kingdom of God inside of you. So what you have is a toolbox. And you carry around this toolbox with you all the time. And in this toolbox is all the gifts, is everything in it. And you run around, and what happens is a situation happens, and you come up on it, and the Holy Spirit goes, I want you to pray for that person. Okay, I'll start praying. And then the Holy Spirit decides, okay, this is your gift. You're going to use this. Usually the person's praying for me. And then he may say, okay, you're also going to need one of these. But he decides. But you have it all. 
It's all in that toolbox. It's there. It's just the Holy Spirit decides. And then what the Holy Spirit likes to do, this is some of his favorite things, is you come along and there's a group of you and a group of you get together and you all have your toolbox and you show up and you lay hands and you start to pray and the Holy Spirit goes, okay, everybody, open your toolbox. You get a tool. You get a tool. You get a tool. I'm Oprah. You get a tool. You get a tool. And he says, the group of you, you each get one of these tools. Now, I could do several tools with just Mindy, but I have all of you. Why not? Everybody gets a play. Everybody gets a part. Everybody gets a piece of it. And he'll get two or three together, and they all get a piece of it. They have it all. They all showed up with their toolbox. But the Holy Spirit decides, at this moment, you're going to use this tool, and you're going to use that tool. I need those back. We're redesigning our trailer, so <laughs> leave the 99designs.com. Um. This toolbox is my father's, and it's old and rusty, and he was given this toolbox before I was born, so there's a little bit of a legacy. But does that make sense? Does that understand why you have, this is the kingdom of God right here. You have everything inside of you and you carry it around at all times. And are there gifts that you may not ever use? Yes, but the choice is yours. It's not the Holy Spirit is standing there and he's got this gift and he wants to hand it to you, but you have to say yes. The gifts only work when you say yes. He's not holding anything back from you. He has it all. He wants to give it to you. He's looking for someone to say yes. Man, I'm doing great on time. All right. Another spot. I'm usually running out. Okay. Everybody good? Everybody all right? Okay. I want to briefly... Dude, we may get here early. All right. I want to... Briefly talk about, there's, there's, I'm trying to say this the right way. There's, there's teaching out there that the gifts aren't for today. And I just want to touch on it to show you the thinking and to show you um, why I disagree. Let's just leave it like that. The biggest one is uh, 1 Corinthians 13, and it's the love chapter. Um, love never fails. Where there's prophecy, they will fail. Tongues, they will fail. Knowledge, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect has come, all that stuff will be done away with. That's the scriptures that they basically use. And the thinking is, is that when the Bible came, it was the perfect and... We don't need gifts anymore because we have the Bible. And the word perfect in the Greek doesn't have a gender attached to it. It's a neutral gender word. So they take that as the Bible being complete. And then there's a few other parts where the Bible talks about bestowing gifts on the apostles. And the apostles had the gift to start the church. And then there's a verse about Jesus being the cornerstone and the apostles building on top of Jesus 
and building the church. And so there's another thinking that once the apostles established the church, the gifts died off with the apostles because the church was established and we didn't need it anymore. Um, those are some of the things they use. Here's my thing. God stepped into a massive void, said, let there be light. He put stars in motion. He put planets in motion. He created the earth and he spoke it. He did it all by speaking. He spoke to Abraham. He spoke to Isaac. He spoke to Joshua. He spoke to Isaiah. He spoke to Paul. He spoke to Peter. He spoke to John and wrote the book of Revelation. And for some reason at the end of Revelation when it ended, God stopped speaking. And that this Bible here is supposed to be the complete of who God is. I have a hard time believing that, that he's going to fit into this Bible. Now, is this important? Absolutely. Because you need to understand his character. You need to understand who he is and what he says and what he says he's going to do. Because that's what you have to stand on. But to say that this is all of God... I think our brains can't handle all of God because he's bigger than that. Okay. I've done all this to give you permission and authority to listen to God and to do what he's telling you to do. There's a lot of people that are afraid of the gifts. There's a lot of people that don't understand it or don't any of that. Again, I think Irene did a really great teaching because she just made it understand that you just hear from God. And sometimes when we do it, it's just give a picture. It's just a word. And the gifts will always confirm what's going on with that person. You're never going to come up and get, I don't want to say never, but if you come up and get prayer and they say, sell your house, sell your car, move to Omaha. That's what God is telling you to do. Distinguishing spirits. Just set that aside. Love them and uh, let them be on their way. No one's going to get up. I hate doers or no one. Um, you're not going to get up and say, thus saith the Lord. At least in this house. We're not going to get up and thus say, unless we're speaking scripture or about who God is, but we don't stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. We're not speaking, we're not speaking, what am I trying to say? We're not, yeah, we're not speaking in God's place. There you go. It'll always be something that confirms what's already going on inside of you. It's pulling out the gold. It's pulling out something that you're already dealing with, and it's already a confirmation. It'll never be something I don't want to say never. Because there's times when it blindsides you and they say something and you're like, what the H-E-double-G is that? And a year later, something will happen. And you're like, oh, that was that. So it does happen. I'm just saying, when someone says get up and sell your house and do that, don't go home and sell your house and move to Omaha. Yeah, unless someone called, unless it's confirmation or something. Uh, lordy, lordy, I think I am done. I can't believe it. I'm usually fighting the clock. 
Thanks for listening to AZ Vineyard Church. We are located in Goodyear, Arizona. To learn more about our church and upcoming events, check out our website, azvineyard.com. That's A-Z-V-I-N-E-Y-A-R-D.com.